Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Dean Blandino. And as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 203. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, my man? Chris, I'm uh, I'm kind of upset with you right now. Hmm? I sent you a picture on Snapchat in confidence, and, and then I got a notification that you screenshotted it. What's up, man? That's how I do. In today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. First off, and, and in the face of everybody, we've got a great bunch of stuff from St. Jude. We have some auction items that are going up really quick here. We have some donation stuff. We have a new matcher of all kinds of money that are being donated. Get in, get in, and get in. Make sure you donate and help out. This is the best cause uh, that you're ever going to be able to take part in. We also have Matt Patricia Bites from the owners meeting. We've got some great sound bites coming in from there. And also the Riz is here for an extended stay, America. It's a big time. we got all that and a whole lot more. Got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Let me guess, Chris. That wasn't the first time you saved a pick from a dude in the bathroom. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Also, Brian B. from I Prevail. Did you hear I Prevail? They have a new album coming out, Case, on the 29th of this month. Have have you heard it? I hadn't heard, Chris. I hadn't heard. And and here's me. I'm ball walking. So I'm I'm dragging these things 15 feet behind me now. (laughs) I got the album a week early, and it is Great. Um, this yeah, is Snapchat. This, oh, <laughs> this is an evolution. This is this is great, great stuff. Trauma. Their album comes out in three twenty nine. Love. I prevail. They're they're a great band. Brian has been a great friend of the show. He's brought in a bunch of listeners, a bunch of Patreon people. He's a Patreon person himself. You could join the crew. You could join the text, the 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 chat that we have in Slack with Brian. We have the Riz. We have Case. We have all the writers from Detroit Lions podcast. Go on over to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You'll get access to the Slack and also to the pre-show show. We do those It's about once a month on we, we put a pre-show show together with some video and us messing around and doing our thing. And you get some kind of behind the scenes stuff. 
great way to help the show out. And in, in, in the next two months, all of that is going to St. Jude. We're, we're not making a dime off of this. So if you want to make a, a donation to St. Jude, this is the way to do it. In March and April, all the money is going there. So head on over patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Give to the bottom of your soul and let's, let's get some sick kids healthy. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It is the very best place to see Case with a plunger. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. That is exactly where you will find the draft party. This is going to be the third annual draft party. It gets better year after year, and this year ain't going to be no different. You know, it's going to get better, and you're going to want to watch it. You're going to want to take part. You're going to be there. So subscribe now so you are notified when it goes live. Rate us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us, Spotify. Give us a follow there. Give us all your love and give us those five stars. We love it. We love your reviews. And if you have some constructive feedback, throw that up in the subreddit. That is the best place because we're going to react to it. We're going to make the change. And you can be happy again. Those five-star reviews, they're forever. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and you get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. I'm going to start off with a huge mea culpa. Case, I walked out. I, I This is the... Typically, I hedge my bets. And I, I know you're a fence rider. You've painted a million fences brown. Mm. I, I am Ebron. I'm, I was all over that. But I typically take my time stepping out there into the yard and, and don't go too far. But with Malcolm Brown, I was 100% certain we were going to sign that son of a bitch. <laughs> I told people, book it, mark it, done, it's done. It was like I was like already like three steps past that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the Rams. So, um, uh, Zolar, Jay-Z from, from the subreddit, I apologize. I, I walked into it and, and I inadvertently lied. So I'm a dumbass sometimes, but you all are dumbasses sometimes too. So we can hold hands as dumbasses together. All right. So with my mea couple out of the way, I think I blamed everybody else with myself though. So I don't know how much of a mea culpa it was, but, uh, we'll talk about, um, you know, Honolulu Blue Balls, he's a guy who's listened since the very beginning. He's very active in the sub. He he had a great Twitter response this week, and he talked about the uh, the, the Tommy Lee piece. Oops. Sorry about that. Um, I, it was, I, I talked about um, the, the whole Motley Crue connection with Pamela Anderson and all that, and I kind of overstepped about the, the big wiener hitting the, <laughs> the boat horn from the tape that, that, that started all the tapes. And uh, I, I apologize, but any time now that we talk about Tommy Lee Lewis, um, that that's going to be there. It's 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 just automated. We have nothing to do with it. It's just going to automatically pop up anytime the words Tommy Lee show up together. I, I, I'm gonna stop now. Sorry about that. All right, so we'll move on. We got a we got a big thing with Matt Patricia first, but we're gonna get this out of the way. Saint Jude, Case, did you hear this? We've we've got another person that's coming up with matching funds. 
I hadn't heard. Tell me about it. Yes. So for those who haven't heard or who haven't caught, kept up with the podcast, Run Rich Run, Rich Eisen does a really, really great uh, thing with the St. Jude uh, Research Children's Research Hospital every year. He raises money as a result of his 40-yard dash, which is an exercise in comedy already because he's doing it wearing a suit, a tie, the whole thing, right? But, I mean, he is focused. He's he's into it. Everybody's into it. It's a really great thing. It happens during the combine, and he raises money for kids with cancer and a whole whole series of other grievous illnesses. And, and as a parent... You sit there and you look at these kids, and or if you've been affected by it, you, there's nothing more, nothing changes your life more than that situation, right? You know where that happens. And I, I watched the combine and, and talked to Case, and we were we were both moved and thought it was a big deal. So we we set up a, a situation here on the podcast where every ounce that we get donated via Patreon, which is an opportunity for you to do a multi month, kind of spread it out over two months through March and April. Or uh, direct donation via PayPal. We're going to have an auction very soon. And our merchandise, if you buy a T-shirt, a dollar from every T-shirt goes to St. Jude. The auction is coming up. All this going on, Malcolm, who was at the second training camp party with us last year, he's my brother from another mother. He, he is the coolest dude in the world. He just stepped up with AJ, with Sandman, with me. He is also throwing up another $500 in matching funds. So it's you folks who are buying the shirts and making those donations. You, your twenty five bucks is fifty. Also, can I just say, Chris? Like, I don't. I let you take control on all this um, stuff uh, in terms of promoting the podcast on, in terms of merchandise and all this stuff because it's it's just not really like a thing that I'm that I do in mm-hmm. general. It's not me. But I got a couple of shirts um, from the whole thing, and the. Uh, they are so cool. Um, I, I love them so much. The 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 lion shirt with the with headphones on it it's so good. I love it. I love it, and I will wear it. It is going in my normal weekly rotation. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. I'm I'm I'm, I'm the worst salesman alive. Yeah, but I love this shirt. That's I cool. absolutely love it. So a hundred percent credit to Trev. Punk Rock and Trev from the subreddit. Yeah. He did all the artwork Good on that. Job, boy. Sweet modern look. Really, really. I mean, and it's got me thinking like the whole brand, right? Our whole brand now is up in the air because of his his awesome design. Damn him. <laughs> but all of this, all of this feeds St. Jude, and it's your opportunity for every dollar you give to have it matched to, to St. Jude. Do it. The auction's coming up this week. Let me tell you a couple of things we got coming up in the auction, okay? And we're looking for more. I'm 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 digging deep and I'm I'm looking for you folks uh to help us out. Kurt and Justin uh care of you. What a couple of awesome dudes came up with a Matthew Stafford signed mini helmet with a certificate of authenticity. That's they donate they donated it for the auction. And and they're just a couple of guys. Uh Kurt used to write for us. He's just a great guy we've kept in touch. Um they 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 understand the the importance of the charity. Um the Detroit Lions gave us a very sweet Detroit Lions football autograph by Matthew Stafford. It's an embroidered. You can buy the, the the plastic Lions footballs and all the things. This one's got the embroidered lion. It's it's top shelf. Eamon Reynolds, the team over there, thank you all, uh, Detroit Lions. You guys did great stuff. Dean Blandino coming through. He's getting his two balls. This one, one of them is a game-used football from the last Super Bowl. Super Bowl, L-I-I-I. It was a lie. It's... 
a real football. I can't believe it. The picture that we're going to put up on that until we have it in our hands is going to be a, a replica picture. But I'm telling you, Dean's getting it. We're all set. He's also getting us a football that's signed by him and Mike Pereira. I mean, I mean, how much more? How much more could you want? Oh, oh, you want something else? The boys from I Prevail. They're coming through. Huge merch box coming up for folks. And also, you ready for this? A signed stage used guitar. All going up for auction, folks. This money, 100% of it, 100% of it is going to St. Jude. If any of this stuff interests you, set it up. Get it in on the auction. It's going to go live this week. We're going to be adding stuff. We'll talk about it in the podcast. And we will announce all the winners on the 25th at our amazing draft party. All this for the kids, please take part. And uh, every every penny we're making plus plus money that I haven't made yet is is heading towards this. So thank you all for taking part and, and being a part of it. All right, let's get into this Matt Patricia stuff. Thank you all for for riding through that stuff. It's it's important stuff to us. It's the off season, and I know that uh, sometimes other things start to take precedence. But Matt Patricia brings a lot of stuff from his interview today at the owners' meeting. He sat around at breakfast, and in case one of the first things I want to talk about is the man sat there for a good sixteen minutes before he even took his first sip of coffee. He's at breakfast. I assume he probably ate, but he didn't even get a drink of water, nothing. He talked for sixteen minutes straight. He. He was there. This is a Matt Patricia that probably our friends Justin and the rest of the guys didn't see last year. He seems to have changed. I mean, I can barely get through five minutes talking to you without a drink. <laughs> okay. Save that for a show opener. That's a good joke right there. <laughs> Except it's true. Uh <laughs> All right, so we're going to go through some some of the answers here. There's a there's a couple of good cuts from Coach Patricia, and and we're going to go right in. The first one is is one that was a big talking point for a lot of people, and it was about time management. Was time management a blind spot for you last year? I don't know if it was necessarily a blind spot or just you know the reality of how much time goes into everything, you know, and and how much uh, I've had a lot of coaching friends and a lot of people and even guys on my staff that uh, you know for a head coach. You know, some of the most difficult conversations or things that can kind of throw you off or, hey, coach, you got a minute? And it's like, yes, but is this really a minute? Because if it's 20 minutes, I'm in trouble. You know what I mean? It's just kind of those situations you're trying to evaluate. But everybody has something they want to say and something that's really important as far as that's concerned. And and you want to answer everybody's questions. So um, it's trying to balance that. It's a little bit, you know, difficult at times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as as someone who's, who's had a couple of people report to me over the years, um, everybody has something going on all the time, right? And and you want to be accessible. You want to be that good leader, but you have all these other things going on. When someone says, "Hey, you have a minute," here here's my here's my <laughs> my advice to everybody: Do you have five minutes? Do you have ten minutes? Hey, I need twenty minutes. Be honest about how much time you need. <laughs> your your boss, your manager, your supervisor, your leader, whatever you want to call them, they will respect you a hell of a lot more if you tell your them how much time. Calls. <laughs> <laughs> everyone but your podcast co-host will respect you a whole lot more <laughs> if you're honest with them mm-hmm. oh man uh, whatever okay fine uh we'll move on to the next one we got a we got a good one um he was asked about jesse james and when what is it that jesse james is a tight end 
in the free agency uh, in the pickup as a pickup. What does he bring to the team? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, you know, Thank you. The, the great thing about him and, and what's interesting, you know, you think about it, he's a Western PA kid. He's a, uh, you know, Pennsylvania kid, played at Pittsburgh. So in order to get a guy out of Pennsylvania like that, you know, it was it was a really good win for us from that standpoint. Um, and someone that, you know, he's a young guy. He's a young player, uh, works really hard. He's tough. I've played against him for a lot of years. Love his grit, love his grind, love the way he just kind of attacks the game. And uh, so we know that he can do things in the run game. And, you know, the beauty about it is he's a big target. This guy has a big catch radius. He's long, and he can catch the ball. So, you know, being able to use him in some of those situations, uh, guys with big catch radiuses are always attractive to us. And, you know, we like to have those guys around. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about that possibility. Yeah, I like what he – I mean – it was all coach speak, so it's not like I'm trying to read too much into that. But you all know, if you've been listening to the last few shows, that I'm pretty high on, on what Jesse James brings. And, and what else? Uh, and what else what? Are you high on? Oh, oh well. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got a whole laundry, laundry list over here. But um, no, I'm just happy with... Uh, it's good to know that Patricia knows who he is as a person. I, it's tough to read too much into that other than they clearly signed the dude uh, to potentially, potentially fill the number one tight end spot. Um, they want him to be able to if they need him to. And and I think that's, you know, there isn't anything in that that shies away from that. No, I'm I'm really big on him this year. I think, I think the thing that's going to make him jump ahead from his previous stats is opportunity. This team is unfortunately, at least ahead of uh, the draft, is set up for him to succeed. He is the guy who has probably the biggest opportunity, I think, of all the players on the offensive field to outshine his expectations. So we'll see how that goes. Like the Jesse James pickup, he's saying all the right stuff, just like you said, Coach Speak. I like how he, he, he you know, they, they pinged him a little bit on the blind spot from his coaching on the first question, right? And that was one where we said, hey, this is something we noticed from last year. The next question is is another good question, and, and it comes out of kind of what they saw last year as well. And it's the question about how do you get your team to buy in? It's, you know, everybody buys in when you win. So, it, you know, it's easy. But do you know if they're really buying in or are they just kind of riding the train of winning? I think this is where we find out um, more so than buy-in. It's about, okay, who are the guys that want to work hard? Who are the guys that want to do it the right way? Who are the guys that are trying to help us build long-standing success? Who are the guys that want to study the game, work hard at it? There's just a different level um, of, of work ethic that, you know, some of the guys have that are going to come in and that we're developing of the fine line of what the NFL really is. You know, it, it may be an hour extra here or just a little bit of a conversation here between players or um, being a little bit smarter in these situations. So it's really about that more than the, the, the buy-in factor. It's about just the right types of guys that you put together as a team. It doesn't mean that anybody's not a good player or a bad person it's just how you put your team together to to build the best team because as we all know um you know it's the best team that wins it's not necessarily the most talented team so we're trying to find the best team i feel like matt patricia gets me (laughs) (laughs) i need to write him he doesn't say anything he just I mean, I mean, I mean, it's 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 you know clearly in the same vein of of uh, 
Belichick and the the whole Patriot thing and the whole coach speak thing. Um, but we I, talk I, about buy in all the time with a team, yeah. right? And, yeah, well, and, and he made some real points. Situation last year, right? There was all the question: Oh, are they buying in? Are they buying? Well, you buy into winning, yeah, absolutely. That's what you buy into. But is the buy into winning a short term thing or a long term thing? Well, but I think and, that's and, the 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 leap that a team like the Patriots have made over time is people buy into the Patriots. Now it's not buying into the season is buying into the Patriots. And that's, I think something, a different set of thinking that they're working on. And while you can talk about the talent level that they brought in this year, in terms of guys, they brought in that Patricia has previously worked with as be, you know, um, decent, but you know, not necessarily like top of the league or anything. Um, Flowers and Coleman and and all these guys who have previously worked with Patricia. But they're all familiar with what buying in means to Patricia. What it means to him and what it means to this coaching staff and this front office. And if you can build a culture and, and it, this is almost like, okay, okay. so a lot of the moves you, you see they made this year, you, you can look at it and say, okay, they're, they want to win now. And, and I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I, I, I was surprised. Today. That's what they said today is they're, they're kind of in a win now mode. Right, right. And I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, well, I, 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 should, I should rephrase that. Um, I was not expecting this uh, from them in terms of what they went out and did in free agency. I was not expecting them to be this aggressive. Um, now that they have these players, I'm not surprised at all that what they're trying to do is win now. But I also think that there is a side portion of that that is, you know, you bring in all these guys who are familiar with the culture that you want to build, or at least familiar with a very similar culture to what you're trying to build, that that helps kickstart that culture for the long term. So if they can find success this year, if they can, and I can't guarantee they will, but if they can find success this year, you have the foundation of a, a significant portion of your team, of your roster, that understands the process that you're working on, that understands what it looks like when it actually works. And so I, I feel like that's what he's getting at there. That he's getting at, you know, if, if we can get these guys all on the same page that we know we've seen at work elsewhere, if we can get something similar, not necessarily the same, but similar to work here, we can build success. And, and while, again, you know, I, I don't think anybody can guarantee you the kind of success that the Patriots have had, but mm-hmm. they've clearly clicked on a few things that work. And if you can get a whole roster to buy in, and if you have a few leaders on the team, which they definitely brought a few leaders onto the team Indeed. who are familiar with that, if you can get those guys to all buy in, then that helps with the process. If, if, if everybody on the roster, pretty much what they were looking at last year, is new to a thing, that's going to be a tough sell. But you bring in a few guys who are like, well, okay, I mean, I understand that you guys are new to this, you know, and I understand that this is difficult for this reason or that reason, but believe me, it works. If you can get those guys in there and those guys talking to the other players, 
I, I totally buy into the potential for that to be a very successful thing. Sure. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. I like the idea of the difference between buy-in and ownership. That's not quite what he said, but there is a difference between the two. And in a league that's full of one-year deals, effectively, um, the idea of ownership, I think, means a lot. You own that year. You are committed to that year. You're committed to the coach. You're committed to your teammates. You're committed to the scheme, and you're going to execute. We saw that with... um, Oh, Vandenbosch, when he came in with uh, Coach uh, Schwartz, right? He camped out in his front yard or wherever. It was a total Harbaugh moment, right? <laughs> he spent, the, well, Harbaugh spent the night at a miner's house, but uh, <laughs> oh my. Schwartz was out front and uh, and got himself Vandenbosch off the top. He knew who he wanted. He, he knew it was after because he knew it was a guy who knew the system, bought into the system, and would bring help bring the rest of the locker room along. And it, and, and it worked. Right, I mean, from what we had all the way up in, in, until uh, his last year, it was a scheme and a group of people that that worked and executed on what he wanted. So, so good stuff there, and and I get it, I get the idea of buy-in, but it is, you know, I like the concept of buy-in on the long term, buy-in to the buy stock versus buy an item. So we'll see how that goes. Um, one of the other things you think about last year and and how the team performed, and you think about uh, Matthew Stafford. And uh, at the end of the year, coach, every coach does an exit interview with their key players, if not all their players. And uh, he did an exit interview with Matthew Stafford. And uh, here's where he's going to talk about how that went. Um, I always want to know um, what he's thinking, what, um, you know, how he feels the team, you know, is doing, where's the team at, you know, how he thinks, you know, I'm doing, where I'm at with it. You know, I think that's just a open working relationship you try to have with all your players, and especially him uh, at his position because. You know, he's the quarterback. He's out in front, and that's just that comes with the territory. And it's always good that he and I are kind of just always on the same page. So um, it's been great. You know, it's really been he's – a, he's a great person. He's a great player. He works hard. And uh, a guy I really enjoy being around. He's got a toughness about him that I really, you know, I'm drawn to because it's kind of the same mentality that I have. And, and uh, from that standpoint, it's just easy conversation. You know, how can we get better? What are we looking at from, from all aspects of what we do? So. So obviously he thinks Stafford is a piece of shit like the rest of us. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Total bum. <laughs> Not a lot, but he they did talk about it and um I like the idea of the continuous feedback loop. This is important and that relationship between Patricia and Stafford I think is an important indicator of how the team is doing. We have one side of the story. I don't think we've heard anything that contravenes what he said here, but uh We'll see how that builds out. One of the key pieces of the, you know, and I hate to do this. God, I wish, I almost wish he didn't come from the Patriots, right? Because there's too many comparisons. But you look at that Brady and Belichick relationship; it's such a key part of their success. So uh, we'll 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 see. We'll see how that goes. But we'll move on and um, let's think about his strategy when he's when he's sitting here because this is where we're sitting. We're doing draft mock drafts and thinking about who we might want for this team. Let's think about what's in his head. What is he looking for in a player that he's thinking about drafting? 
Good question, too, because I think you always want to find toughness. That's kind of a fundamental. And you want to find that kind of never-quit attitude. Uh, the guys are always going to go compete. Um, but first and foremost, you, you want to feel the love. You want to feel the passion. You know, when you're passionate about something like we all are and, you know, we love this game and we're passionate about this game, you want to be surrounded by people that have that same energy, that same feeling, because um, it means something. You know, it's really critically important to them. It's critically important to you. Then you can get something done. You know, if somebody is a little bit less uh, on the critical standpoint or it's not as passionate as you are then um, you know those wedges you'll find out what they are uh, it doesn't mean they don't work it just means that you know you really always want to surround yourself by like-minded people that want to always you know the highest level I know I know I know I know everybody really gets tired about you and me talking about the Patriots but there was an article that came out early this offseason um, that the Patriots valued uh, toughness and integrity and smarts, something something along those lines. I don't what remember the specifics. I'm pulling is. it. I'm pulling it off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. So if anybody if anybody remembers what I'm talking about, please you know post it in the in the subreddit under the uh, on the uh, podcast post, and and then maybe we could talk about it a little bit further next time. But. Um, the idea of the thing was just that uh, it was a player. I don't remember. I don't even remember which player it was, if it was a former player or a current player, but they came out and said something along the lines of that what the Patriots value more than other teams are toughness and smarts. And that sounds so dumb Fundamental. Fundamental. on its face value. Yeah. But when you stack those two things up against, you know, the other things, pure talent, like pure speed, combine performances, things like that, are less important to them than getting the guys who truly... It, okay, so Kyle Van Noy might be a good example. He wasn't necessarily the most talented guy we could have taken when we took him. Uh, but he was very passionate and very tough. We didn't use him very well. And he had talent. He did have talent. He did have talent. I'm not saying he didn't, but he might not have been the most talented guy we could have taken there. He, he might was. not have been the most obvious, you know, talent pick we could have taken there. But his drive, his drive and his intent for the game were what attracted the Patriots to him. And then they got him. And well, Patricia was, you know, their defensive coordinator. And they were able to turn him into something. I still think he's a little bit overrated mm -hmm. um, because it, I, th I still think he's uh, he plays a in a system where he guy. looks better than he really is. Right, right. And, and, but that's exactly the point. He makes um, everyone else better around him, and everyone else around him makes him better than he is. When you use him correctly, yeah. and you use him to the best of his, his abilities, but but. If, you, if he wasn't passionate about figuring out exactly what it was that he was good at, if they weren't passionate about figuring out what it was he was good at, he, he would have just languished. And, and you know, he, he, like most other Lions picks who ended up going to, you know, some other mediocre team, they never, he never would have amounted to anything. Right, 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 right. No, no, for sure. It's a, that's a that's a great, great point, Case, and and it's funny because he had all those things, 
but we didn't utilize them. And if you think, you know how I am about economics, right? You, you look at a player, you're, you're getting super talented players. The, the gap between their talent is, is limited. There's not a huge gap between the talent of some of these guys. Where the gap comes is how you scheme them, how you use them. So if you take somebody and force them to do something that maybe is not their preferred or best way to do something and try to coach them up, that's one way to do it. And you can take an extremely talented guy and they can perform at a high level. But if you take somebody who is maybe even less talented, but put them where they excel, they're going to look great all the time. And it's about finding the right guys that excel as a team in all the specific areas that you're looking for. And then you deliver the the big picture win. And that's that's an interesting approach. And again, it's comparative advantage. It's, this is this is economics. This is this is good stuff. So, but that's what we were per, uh, promised with uh, uh, Jim Schwartz and his Georgetown degree. But well, we'll see. We'll see what Mister Patricia brings us. Uh, we'll move on. Um, you, you you can't just have a, a a regular old interview with Matt Patricia, especially when uh, Gronkowski is is thinking of retiring without asking for a Gronk story. So you got one, man. All right, I'll give you one. So we do a, uh, a goal line seven-on-seven period uh, every day in Friday practice. So uh, I would usually stand over the cans. we put the trash cans out there as the old line, and, you know, they'd be running crossing routes. And a lot of times when you're doing seven-on-seven passing plays, advantage goes to the offense. So being a defensive coach, I was trying to make it as difficult as possible. So Rob is running. He's running a crossing route behind me, and I knew he was. So I took the garbage can, and I just <laughs> slung it backwards, and I caught him right in between the legs. He goes down hard, and he's laying on the ground. He's not getting up, and I'm like, this is Friday before a game. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. Brock's not getting up. That's about it. You know, and he's playing it off. He was fine. But I was like, get up right now before I get fired. Like, what are you doing? So great guy. <laughs> great guy. Almost got me fired. <laughs> His All right, Patricia, was... stop fucking throwing trash cans around is all I have to say about that. <laughs> You fucking heard one of my boys. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. His love affair comes to a very quick ending. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that's what he recognized in that moment. We all make mistakes yeah. in our daily job. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Some are more devastating than others, but that's a good story. It's a good story. And and yeah. Gronk is now down. We'll, 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 we'll do the flyover and the taps later for him. Um, but big Lions-related piece, right? One of the things he was asked to was to reflect on going 6-10. and 10. And and how different that was, right? Because you, you think about who Matt Patricia is, where he came from. Going six and ten is is completely outside of the realm of what he's used to, and this is where he came back with. You know, I think um, not not winning the last game is what grinds on me. I mean, the game, the last one that everybody wants to play in. So six and ten, ten and six. Nine and seven, seven and it's all the same, right? Everybody wants that last game. So, uh, you know, you look at the teams that, you know, had great records this past year, quote unquote, great records that, you know, um, lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, our season ended six days later, their season ended. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Everybody wants to play to the last game. So it's about building, it's about doing it a way that we know that um, 
you know, week in, week out, we can be competitive. I think there's situations where, um, you know, I, I hear this phrase all the time, the, the all-in, right, the all-in concept. Well, that's great, but as soon as one of the pieces crack in the all-in, then what do you have? You know, you have to have a foundation underneath it, and that's the most important thing. You've got to be able to go out there and win um, no matter who's playing. And we have a lot of great players. It's not about one guy. It's not about one name. And that's the biggest, you know, thing that we are, you know, are changing. That's the biggest thing that we're trying to get everybody to understand. There's a lot of guys that played in the uh, the last game of the season for us. And, you know, we played pretty well up in Green Bay to be able to shut them out. But, um, you know, Andy Jones, not a lot of people talking about him in September. Uh, you know, Powell, not a lot of guys talking about him in September. But it doesn't matter. If guys go out, play the game, you know, uh, Romeo Aquara wasn't really a big conversation last spring for anybody, you know, in the room. So you just got to keep grinding through to find the guys that can help you win, guys that, you know, just want to do it the right way so that the foundation is laid that you can build upon. And that's what the NFL is. There's always players, um, you know, we can all name one that no one's ever heard of until the biggest moments in sports, which is that last game. So it's about building those players and developing those players all the way through. And that comes with a foundation of learning and a foundation of doing it the right way. So it may not always look pretty from a number standpoint, but the end, it's all about trying to win the last game. And that's just kind of where, um, you know, our mindset is. And it reminds me when he says that about about some of the locker room videos we got after their wins and uh, him telling, you know, the guys, you know, how much did you like that? Because wouldn't you like to do that every week? Uh, that that seems like the same tone he's got there. Um, my expectations were not the same as all Lions fans' expectations last year. I actually had fairly low expectations. I thought it was going to take a while for things to adapt to new coaching staff. I thought it was going to take a minute. Um, my expectations for this year were actually relatively low until free agency started, and they uh, started making moves that looked like now moves as opposed to future moves and and i can see how you know um on one hand i could see how playing it safe this year could have led to you know a, a larger talent boost next year but i can also see how doing what they did this year as i mentioned earlier uh by bringing in a lot of guys who buy into the system um how that can lead to future success as well. If they can get, if they can build the culture this off season in a very, you know, a limited amount of time that they want to build that, that culture that they want to build, then that can be successful moving forward as well. Um, but what I will say is that what they've done this so far, this off season has told me that my expectations need to be higher than what they were. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean you know, winning a playoff game, but does probably mean that if they fail to make the playoffs, I will have some level of disappointment this year that I wasn't necessarily walking into um, a month ago. I wasn't necessarily walking into this season thinking, oh, playoffs are bust, but I'm, I might be feeling that way now. Well, and think about it now in the context of the Bob Quinn 9-7 and seven conversation prior. Right, the one right. that everyone referred to for last season is that's eh, not quite what they're using nine and seven as a reference to Caldwell, and that is your your ceiling isn't isn't the way to go. It feels like this is at least a nine and seven year, right? Mm -hmm. 
that's the expectations that's being set right now. I don't know that it was set last year. I think we as a fan base created that expectation. But as I rewind through what we were told and, and how things were set, I mean, that wasn't necessarily the expectation that was set from the team. I think we're going to see this year um, that kind of step forward, that that thing that we were hoping for, maybe what people expected last year. Um I think back to the old uh, Cowboys in the 90s. What was it? They had one win. It was like a 1-15 in 15 year. And then they went like 7-9. and nine, And then they went to something, something crazy like that. And then went to the Super yeah. Bowl. It was, it was a significant turnaround. We're seeing that kind of a turnaround probably with the Browns right now. But I think this Detroit Lions team is making a turn not just towards the better, not towards playoffs, but towards a long-term kind of... We're in it. We're in the playoffs. We'll win playoff games, and we have a shot at the Super Bowl. It's it's a it's a different definite cultural shift for this team and 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 where it's going. And and I like it. I like the idea that people are are understanding that it's a big ship to steer, and it takes a while to steer it. But it also once you get on point and you're heading in the right direction, it takes a, it's a little hard to steer it off as well. Yeah, I agree. All right, with that, we want to make sure that you know that with all this hype. And all this great Lions stuff. You got to get your Lions gear. You got to get your jerseys. You got to get your underwear. You got to get your umbrellas, coolers, and whatever the heck else you can think of. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that link to Fanatics, or you can hit the shop link and go to Fanatics. And you head over and pick up all that great Lions gear that gave us a kickback. And uh, that helps the show. Helps uh, keep us on the on the go and doing our thing. Paying for the bills to keep this thing running. And um, it's it's a great way to show off your team and show people what you think about your team and who you like on your team and uh, just show your swag. So hook us up, head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, click on that Fanatics link, get your jerseys, get your flowers jersey, get, get number 90. Did you know that case? He's number 90? Yeah, there, was a, there was a guy that used to be number 90, just like Flowers is, wasn't there? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Trey Flowers is going to outsack our old number 90, I promise. So head on over to Fanatics, click on the link on DetroitLionsPodcast.com and get yourself a nice Trey Flowers jersey or any of the other great stuff that's out there. Support your team and uh, help us out by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right. Now, as we think about the draft, there there's a couple of, of things that go on during the draft. And one of the things is is kind of blowing those smoke screens, right? In case you, you know about it, teams are trying to cloud up the, the, the world. We talk about clouding things up. We talked about it more before than now because I think we're solidifying where we're, where we're at with number eight, and I think we're kind of happy with where we land. But that idea of throwing smoke up and getting people to trade, getting things to move, and uh, getting influencing others through your smoke screen. And uh, Matt Patricia was asked today, is there an art to smoke screen in other teams? <laughs> um, there, there, I would say it's an interesting chess match at times to try to just, you know, everybody does it, right? Try to figure out um, what they do. Teams have different philosophies, which is interesting, too. If you study the draft, um, you can you can really look at teams that um, take their pick and just sit where they are. There's teams that move. There's teams that try to move. Um, you, you may be trying to move. You may not be able to move. You know, it always takes another partner to work in that category. So you might be a team that's always actively, you know, every pick going, hey, what's, you know, what can we do here? What we, and it just may not happen. So, and you may not see it on the forefront, but there's, a, there's teams that just constantly work the board. And then there's teams that, 
hey, this is where we pick, and we're going to go with the philosophy of staying where we pick, and, and we're going to draft the guy that's available, whether it's best available or based on need. You know, that's a whole other philosophy that goes into it. So very interesting to track teams, and then when teams switch, right, does the philosophies change? Is it head coach driven? Is it GM driven? Is it ownership driven? And kind of how all that works. So those strategies you got to understand, so then you know when you're having conversations with different people, what conversation you can have. That's a great, and that's a great, I think there's two key points in there. Number one, there's teams that, that like to move and teams that don't. And uh, I think the Lions for a long time were a team that didn't. And it's like, we have our draft board, we know where people should be, and we're not fluid in our strategy. We, we, we build our strategy very vertically. We are going to sprint up to take care of Key Brown. <laughs> that's right. Oh, ow, ow. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> we're very, we're very vertical, right? Other teams are are have a whole draft board built out and and understand what they need, and, and it's almost like a very, um, a very creative versus a very kind of engineering approach, right? That creative approach takes you a lot more side to side. Hey, we're willing to trade. We'll make some moves. We'll get. We can. We can fill. Based on you know the needs of the music, it's it's kind of a jazz illusion there. Um, very interesting that that's the case. And then the whole concept of figuring out which teams do what and understanding is it a ownership thing, is it a GM thing, or is it a coach thing that's driving how they establish one of those strategies. So not only you're trying to figure out how other people work, whether it's jazz or or they're engineering a watch. You also have to understand how you are, whether it's jazz or engineering watch, and then understand with the movement from year to year, who's either jazzing or engineering a watch and what that means for their team. And what does that mean for you? It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's absolutely a calculus problem, isn't it case? Oh yeah. And I mean, trying to figure out who you can take advantage of when that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, because who's, who do you think is going to be willing to give you a good deal who do you think is desperate and those kind of those kind of questions like all that stuff and and i based I on consider, your tinder i know someone who's desperate <laughs> <laughs> i can uh i can you know make guesses as a fan you know who might be desperate for this thing or that thing or the other but uh, i they have us sitting here we, we're not even close to where they are in terms of the research oh, they don't do talk on the us people down. don't talk well, we, no, we've got no, the Riz. I, I, and, we got Blandino. Well, like Tony Riz Ortiz. Is Riz is great, and I listen to you know I listen to sports radio in the car all the time, and they don't know any more than we do either. No, I listen to that. I listen, it, especially ninety-seven-one. I listen to them, and I know way more than any of them do every time. And that's fair, but <laughs> none of us, me. none of us know what the front offices know about the other front offices. At least if the front office is doing a good job, and. Uh, how I I can't even guarantee I can't even tell you for sure which front offices are doing a good job and which aren't, except that I know Miami sucks. That's about it. <laughs> and a lot of people they made a lot of they paid a lot for Mitch Trubisky, so I think Sausage Land is doing their thing. Well, too. yeah, there's that too. <laughs> they also won the division last year, despite Stop. the fact you're not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. dot, healthy, dot, dot, healthy, 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 healthy. healthy. all right so you're doing your considerations you're looking at the other teams you're looking at the other coaches you look at the other gms what about internally do you you ever talk to your your own players matthew stafford for example do you ask him about players of the draft 
You know what's amazing about Stafford? Free agency, draft, any of that stuff. If you want information, ask him because he knows it sometimes better than we do. He is really on top of uh, he loves the game, which is what's great as a coach because you're like, oh, what do you think about this guy? And he'll like give you a rundown. And you're like, that was pretty good. He was, you know, pretty right on, you know. And and uh, so that's the that's you know what I really love. That's fun, you know, talking to him about everybody. And and again, you know, just as a coach, as a GM, as a quarterback, as a player on our team, we're trying to build the best team we can. So having conversations with guys on our team. That's a good thing. That's a healthy thing to have. Um, in the end, it's all about competition, you know, and, and that's what it's always going to be about. Um, but I love to have that perspective on all those guys. There you go. Matthew Stafford picking our next draft pick. So I think we're getting wide receiver round one. What do you think? Um, if, if Matthew Stafford says, take this guy, <laughs> I might be more inclined towards that than I otherwise would be. But I have a hard time seeing that play out, but. Oh, man. You don't think he's got his, his, his like, if you were to do a, um, an x-ray of Bob Quinn, you wouldn't see a skeleton of Matthew Stafford's arm and hand up in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's picked a lot of O-line players. I'm just saying. Uh, that's true. That's true. Hey, Jonah Williams, is, it might be on the board. There you so. go. All right. So we do that. Um, let's talk about some of the things that that we do. I mean, we sit here and think about the draft. We, we do our own mock drafts. We, we look at other players. We say what other teams might do. We, we kind of pronounce ourselves as insider professionals. Do they do that? I mean, are they just looking at a big board and sliding needs and stuff around? Or, or do they actually do mock drafts? And if they do, what's the process? And then uh, I got I to gotta give credit to Mike O'Hara because he reminds me of father, my father-in-law like, like nobody else. And he pushes in on Devin White. And, and it's funny here at the end. Yeah, uh, call them case studies. You, you try to case do as many studies. case studies as possible. Um, studies case based on in, intel information that we have and what we think teams. Again, to go back to Dave's question. So, if you guys want to walk around and start asking other teams, what are their needs? What are they going to go in the draft? And get that back to me. I'd appreciate that very much. You guys would be able to cover a lot of area for me right there. But we'll always kind of try to assess. Um, what we're hearing in the media, what we know from the scouts, what we know from their roster, um, different needs that they have so that when we do those mock drafts or case studies, we have a better picture of what it's going to look like. And, you know, to be real honest with you, and Bob can speak to this more, and obviously we can talk about it now, but that's what happened with Frank. You know, we just kept going over and over and over the scenario and just kept looking at the board and, like, every scenario we came up with, I'm like, he's still there. So... Are we good? No. And, and it happened exactly. It doesn't always, you know, obviously there's curveballs that come in out of nowhere and things like that that change, but that's the fun part, right? You know, you're trying to, like, you know, figure out what everybody else is doing. Yeah, there's a really young dynamic. A guy like Devin White out of LSU, you see him maybe at five, maybe six, maybe seven, maybe eight. Sure. <laughs> Do you see a kind of player? Maybe nine, maybe ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I care about eight. Yeah. You can think about nine. I think about them all. Second round. I okay. think about them all. Okay. Is that a guy like that? Do you look at players like that? We look, might slide? Yeah, I mean, we look at everybody. You know, you never know what happens in the draft and, the and, and who, uh, yeah, who's going to be there. Right? Yeah. So you got to be prepared for all guys and then have those conversations of, um, you know, is, does it fill a need? Is it best available? Is it someone that can impact us? Um, LSU. Yeah, LSU's a great, uh, it's a great, it. it's I a great school. Mike O'Hara spells number eight LSU. He's he's big on Devin White. Um, not 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 so much myself. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But it's a it's a pretty interesting conversation there. Um, the idea that they do uh, case studies. I mean, there's not much you to look at. 
and and it's kind of hard to do. But I mean, at some point they got to be done and do a mock draft, right? Well, I mean, if if you're gonna look at an X-ray anyway, it, it's fine. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of ways to study case, but there's not a whole lot of angles. Yeah, no, no, that's it's it's interesting. And uh, they do their mock drafts, they build them up, and we we think so. I think it's funny that O'Hara does push the uh, the Devin White thing and. Uh, and does his little spelling it as LSU. He he totally reminds me of my father-in-law. That's like a total joke that he would do. Love Mike O'Hara. Love Mike O'Hara. So, um, one of the things we have here going on is is Coach Bevel, right? He we haven't heard a whole lot about him. We hired him. There was an announcement, things here and there, but uh, there was a question about building the the offense, the talent we have, and and how does Coach Bevel handle that? Yeah, you know it's really cool, and it's it's. Uh... It's been great for me to see on the other side of, you know, it's obviously very similar philosophy to what I have on defense and trying to put um, the players that we have in the best situation possible to win. And that's kind of what he's been able to do with his fundamental background and more of the West Coast philosophy, but really his ability to build on top of that, um, of having that mind that's creative like that. So it's been great for me to watch him and, you know, Jeff Davidson, who's someone that's been with me for a while, going back to New England and watch those two work together and kind of build the offense. And, uh, you know, I'd just really be real excited when we get to that point where we can then uh, have the conversation with the players. Because to be honest with you, that's the best part is when you sit down with the players and we get an opportunity eventually at some point here to sit down with Matt Stafford and say, hey, what do you like? What, what works for you? Um, these players that we have on our team, they do this really well. How do we fit these pieces together? So it'll be definitely something for us uh, on the offensive side of the ball that'll be a continuing process here through the spring because the most important will be when we get our players back. So it'll grow, it'll develop, it'll move, it'll shift, and whatever it looks like in the spring will be different than training camp. What it looks like in September is going to be different than what it looks like in December. Um, but having that ability to to move and be fluid with that is what's important, you know, for a coach. And, and Bev's got that, which is great. Bev's got it, Case. Bev has the ability to flex and move. And I think that's kind of table stakes for this team, right? It's the idea that we'll never be the same from one week to the next. There'll be a, a progression. And from one month to the next, the progression will be much more pronounced. And from the beginning of the season to the end, it'll be super pronounced and, and, and preseason to the, and so on and so on and so on, right? It's it's a evolution and a growth. And that's that's very much out of the, the Belichick playbook, right? Uh, so um, hashtag versatile. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate to repeat the same damn things over and over again, but of course it is the off season. So that is the time of year it is. Um, it, 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 we picked up Daryl Bevel because... I can say this with some degree of confidence because they felt that he was versatile and that they felt that he could build a versatile offense and that he felt that he, they felt that he could use players in multiple ways. Um, There's no, like, it's not a mystery. It's not a secret. If they get a player that can do multiple things, they're going to like that player. Even if they're not the best at any one thing, they're going to like players in general, and then now, uh, you know, it, it, it falls on Patricia and, and you know, the, the coordinators in general to um, get players who do have a, a, you know, a special, you know, area to get the most out of them, of course. And I think that that's also something that they look at. But in general, 
the way they've built this roster is about guys who can do a lot of different things and, and guys who can, you know, you look at the defense and, and you look at the defensive line guys who can flowers is a perfect example of somebody who can play a three, four defensive end, but can also kick inside when you need to, uh, you, you, you transition to a three, four defense, which they did very silently, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because, you know, for years, years and years, Lions fans talked about the potential of moving to a three, four. And it wasn't going to happen. And we don't have the guys. I mean, I remember that. I mean, and back all when of a Sue sudden, was still here, right? They were still talking. We're just there. We're just there. All of a sudden, we're just there. Like that's, that's, you know, I mean, it's still a multiple front. It's not like it's pure three, four, but uh, that, that all of a sudden that's where they are. And, um, but that's because they got guy. they've got guys who can, you know, fill multiple positions, who can do multiple things. Uh, and, and that's what they like. And, and the guys who can't do multiple things, they hide them in, you know, very specific roles. And, um, so no, I mean, all that, all of that, uh, I, I feel like that's exactly what the Bevel signing, uh, bringing him in as the offensive coordinator. That's exactly what that was about. Yeah, yeah. Like you and me, they fill multiple holes, right? All right, let's uh, take a look at this really, really quick. Um, Got to tell you about Amazon, because coming up next is the key question of the whole interview. And uh, this is one that is the most focused for Case, and I think most of our listeners, because everyone wants to say... I love that, Xander. Um, in the meantime, let's talk about everything you buy that isn't Lions gear. You know where to get it, Case? You do. I can see it in your eyes. You're you're you're, you're sitting here saying to yourself, "God, I love that place." <laughs> let Let's let you fill this. <laughs> you're so good at this. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> Click on the Amazon link. Anything you're going to buy from Amazon, please stop by DetroitLionsPodcast.com first and hit on the Amazon link. And uh, they give us a kickback. Doesn't cost you anything more. It's a great way to help out the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. And that's what we're all about. Just like the St. Jude thing. You want Lions gear? Fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll put some Lions gear out there. You can, you can get some, but we're still giving some to St. Jude. What are you going to do about that? You can't stop us. Uh, head on over, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click the Amazon link anytime you're going to do your shopping, and we will get a kickback on your purchase. And it's a great way to help support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway, like we always said. All right, the most important question from the Matt Patricia interview. Focus in case, because we want to know about Zach Zenner as the second running back in this offense. You know, I say it all the time. I, Zach's great. He's an unbelievable guy, works hard, competes, and he's tough. So whatever he makes his role is what his role is going to be. So I'm excited to see that. And I think he's coming off a year with a lot of confidence. I think it was really great for him to have the end of the year that he did where it was a situation where – Sometimes it just takes a little bit of the light bulb to go on, you know what I mean, and a little bit of confidence, and you see, you know, uh, just step into this whole new role of ability, and he's certainly one of those guys we're excited about. That's right. I love that, Xander. That's basically what he said with all those words. Why, why can't he learn from you, the most concise speaker in the Lions universe? Well, I mean, he really could have made it a lot easier if he just said, you know, uh, we're relegating on Johnson to number two. Zach Xander proved, you know, that he's our man. Yeah, yeah. I love Zach Center. Right there. Could've, I love Zach Center. I love Zach Center. He could have said that like a bunch of times in a row and, and all that time. So yeah. there you go. That's the Patricia interviews from today. I think those are the the key cuts that you want to hear about other stuff as well. Um, not sure where you can find that. Haven't been able to find that uh, posted up on the internet. Maybe it'll pop up on the Lions website later. But uh, that's the key ones. So you got that going on for you. Don't forget our draft party coming up on, well, on the draft, uh, April 25th. 
We're going to do a live show. We've got some good people coming up. Uh, we have Blandino. We have a lot of the people we talk about. A lot of really, 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 really good stuff. It's a lot of reallys. There might be one more I should have put in there. Really good stuff. Uh, check it out. Join us. We're streaming live on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And uh, join us. We'll take your calls live. We're going to set up a Discord for everyone in the subreddit to take part in uh, conversation and... And we'll pop into the Discord every now and then to get voice as well, so you guys can be your 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 silly old selves. Um, we'll move on. A um, couple of NFL key dates we're going to hit. Continue to hit in this off season here. Uh, the twenty fourth to the twenty seventh. What, what's going on right now? Oh, annual league meeting. There were some rules changes. And they were voted on today, and I have them in front of me. We were going to talk about them, but Blandino, he's our reporter. Table. Yeah, we're tabling for next week. He's got all the, the stuff we're going to talk about. We'll have good, in-depth, intelligent analysis. You can hear the other stuff for the rest of the week and then hit us for the final word on that stuff uh, next week. Also, uh, the, the 15th of April, Lions can finally begin their workouts, so we'll have some some stuff around that. And, of course, the 25th, the draft, the big draft party, will announce the big auction winners, great items coming up for auction, and they will be added as we go forward and head towards the 25th. Uh, noon on the 25th, the auctions will end. So uh, hit DetroitLionsPodcast.com. When you hit the hamburger button on your phone or just on the main menu, you'll see auctions. Click on that. When that pops up, you'll be able to see what we have available. And uh, great stuff going on there. All right. That's a lot of stuff. This is going to be a long show today, isn't it, Case? I definitely think it is. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still have to talk to The Riz. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, yeah, it's time for Risden's Wisdom. And God, he's such a smart guy. He's always walking around with that graduation cap, just looking so cool. Straight from the Lion's Wire and the sweet, sweet YouTube-ness of his YouTube channel, Jeff Risden. Riz, how you doing, man? You a superstar now? You're going to start streaming games pretty soon? Uh, I'm, I'm not that technically advanced yet, but, uh, it's weird to, to me that people subscribe to my YouTube channel. I get, it's okay. It's great. Do it. But, uh, you know, I, I'll always send the links out too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, everyone loves you, Riz, and, and you can get them, you can get them to subscribe to just about anything, including probably the free poop or that poop of the month club. Um, Hey, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about <laughs> what's going on with these lions, uh, before we get into that, that adventure you got going. Um, there's a couple of key needs that remain, and we've got kind of the big splash done in free agency. We've had a couple of small splashes here, and then kind of the draft left where we can try to fill some of these things. Let's look, talk about some of the needs we have right now, and then we'll talk about ways that maybe we can we can fill them going forward. Yeah, see, now, Chris, this is why you're good at your job, because I have a draft in my Detroit Lions, or Lions Wire the drafts of the top remaining ranking, the top remaining needs for the lions this off season. Maybe I have and, uh, access to your account and your poop of the month club. Well, that, that's a little <laughs> scary. Um, I'll have to change my password again. I feel like that's a whole other Damn podcast. <laughs> a poop of the month podcast. <laughs> you guys know, you know I kill that. Somebody's monetizing that. They're like, Hmm, how can I monetize? poop? I think mm. it's a case. <laughs> he was sure he was going to kill that. <laughs> Okay, God bless uh, case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's this great article in Lions Wire that Riz has that I somehow spied on about the top three needs for the Lions. What are we looking at here, Riz? What's the where are the gaping holes? All right. So my my number one gash in the roster remains tight end. It is the biggest need on the roster because you can find serviceable people 
at other positions, but that is Jesse James is a number two tight end. Michael Roberts is a number four tight end. There ain't a number one. There ain't a number three. Uh, so that to me is the biggest remaining hole. It doesn't mean it's the most important position, but it's the biggest hole. Right. So, so that's what I'm going with. You do have to differentiate there because like, like backup quarterback, backup quarterback is a massive black freaking hole on this team, but it's not that important because let's be honest, if Matthew Stafford gets hurt, Steve's going to lose every game anyways. So there's right. not a big difference between having Connor cook and having Matt castle or random McCown brother or Tom Savage. It doesn't really matter all that much. It's a, it's, it's still a big hole, but it, it's not one of the most pressing ones. Well, and Riz, this goes back to one of my, it's, it's like right along the, the conspiracy theories I had about does Matthew Stafford throw the ball in a certain way that makes it uncatchable. But the, the whole kind of thinking out of the box, do you run a roster without a backup quarterback? And I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I get all the arguments why you have a backup quarterback, but if you know this team isn't going to win without Matthew Stafford, that roster spot's pretty valuable. You might as well uh, pick something else up that is, uh, that you can use, right? Well, that would be the hope. And, and the, the way that you would get around it was this would be a fantastic year to take a developmental quarterback in the, the middle rounds or late rounds of the draft. Somebody that you like, somebody you think might be able to, learn from Stafford and, or perhaps eventually take over for him. The problem is this, this quarterback class is absolute shit. Um, there are three draftable quarterbacks in this draft and two of them will be gone before the lions pick. Uh, and what and rounds I, should they go in? If, if this were a regular year, where do you think these guys would go? Cause I think that's, that gives some real context around the quality of the quarterback. Uh, so, uh, so compared to last year when there was five first rounders, um, four of them probably belonged in the first round too. Uh, I don't think Josh Allen was worthy of a first round pick and I'll die on that Hill against Bill's mafia. Anytime they want to fight it. Um, the top four quarterbacks from last year are all better than any of the quarterbacks from this year. Uh, it's, it's not good. Um, Kyler Murray has potential to be great, but he also has potential to be Mitch Trubisky 2.0 and, uh, Oklahoma fans don't like to acknowledge that. And Bears fans really don't like to acknowledge that, but that that's the, the reality of it. Yeah. Drew Locke is going to go. He could be gone before the lions pick. And that's crazy to me because he is all of the bad things that lions fans hate about Stafford with not quite as much upside. So I don't get why, why teams are so in love with it, but that's going to happen. And there's Dwayne Haskins. So I like Dwayne Haskins, but, but there's some people out there that are comparing him to, you know, people that aren't good. And, uh, that, that, that take is out there. And, uh, I, I happen to like him. I think he's, I think he reminds me of Phillip rivers. Um, he, I, I don't think he's quite as, as, What's the word I'm looking for with with Philip? Um, Chutzpah comes to <laughs> oh. mind. Um, you know, Philip is one of the most animated people in the NFL, and, and you don't get that from Dwayne Haskins. But he 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 he's similar in that he's got the same kind of build, same kind of not all that athletic. He he can, throws from odd arm angles at times, but but I, I like him. I, I I think he's worthy of a first round pick. But there's a lot of people out there who will tell you that he's not. Hmm. And then then you get the rest of these guys. I mean. Daniel Jones? No, come on. You know, <laughs> what? What? East Easton Stick. That, guy, that guy's a slot receiver. He's he's the next Julian Element. Get <laughs> hey, out of here with that mess. The SU boy. Hey, you know what? I I I wanted to like Stick when I went down to the Shrine game, but he was really not good. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, that, that's okay. So if you got guys like that that high that are that bad, 
I mean, what, you're not going to get better as you go down the draft. What what kind of sense do you have about developmental quarterbacks? Of course, there's the Tom Brady went in the sixth round thing, right? But boy, the hopes can't be high. You're going to find anything really that's going to going to be no. much of anything, right? No, I'm, I'll tell you where you can look is the AAF and, and maybe a guy, um, uh, Luis Perez. Yes, yes. He, he, there, there's a guy that that is worth kicking the tires on once their season's over. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. All right. So there we go. We got a. Something else. So where, what else are we looking at as far as needs for this team? I mean, we, we just right. picked up Rep Melvin, so we should be good at cornerback, right? Well, <laughs> to, to, to channel Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. Um, Rashawn Melvin is a – he is the Band-Aid at the cornerback that Danny Amendola is at slot receiver. And we'll get to receiver in a minute, too. Teaser. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh, so – yeah, so now I'm singing Motley Crue's teaser. Really bad song. <laughs> See the Dirt, by the way. Great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's on It's on for this weekend. I've heard a lot of really good things. I heard the it opening is, sequence is just, like, stunning. <laughs> it, it It is very worthwhile if you want to live like Tommy Lee. Is it, and you is, probably don't. <laughs> uh, is it reminiscent of your, um, your, your poison kind of re- recollections? Um, many of those things happened in this movie <laughs> yes, All right. and, and far beyond it. <laughs> awesome. All right. My shout out to Tommy Lee. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what that's about. You're laughing. If not, you're like, what? <laughs> and just so you know, that is the sound that anytime we mention Tommy Lee Lewis on the show, he uh, shows up. <laughs> not the answer at wide receiver either but hey at least they're trying we'll get there all Um, right let's talk about cornerback (laughs) so let's talk about Rashawn Melvin for a second Rashawn Melvin is when he was healthy he was Nevin Lawson except he played the ball well Uh, and that's that's basically what you've you've traded up in ball skills but have traded backwards in tackling and I think most Lions fans are probably going to be okay with that trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think I am too, honestly. Uh, but the problem with Melvin is, at least Evan Lawson was healthy all the time. Rashawn Melvin, dude gets hurt nonstop. Mm. I was just going to say, before the getting hurt thing, I mean, sure, you give him safety help and you can get the tackling thing taken care of. And at least you have a guy that can cover out there, right? Right. And, then, right. and so I think and we're upgrade, happy with Tracy but... Walker as a tackler. I think that's going to be a big upgrade. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tavon Wilson sticking around by taking a pay cut. I think that that's nice, too, because he's he's not great, but he's a reliable number three safety. I'm good with that. So, yeah, yeah you can you can sacrifice a little bit of the tackling if you're going to get you know, instead of five PDs, two of which hit him in the back um, that you got from Lawson, if you get twelve out of out of Melvin, I, I think you're doing okay. If he could have caught with his scapulas, he would have had probably three or four interceptions in his career. Oh man, just flex the back, <laughs> get the little hood going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's out there? All right, well, I guess we'll get to what's out there next. What's the the third position? And I think you kind of teased us into that. Um, oh, oh, it's wide receiver. Yeah. So. So I, I actually, I went off, um, I was talking with somebody, where was I at? Oh, I was at my son's basketball tournament this weekend, and I was talking to a, a Lions fan. He's like, you really hate the wide receivers, don't you? I'm like, yes, yes, I do. Uh, so my take on this, and, and I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, Kenny Galladay is a good number two who's probably acceptable as a number one but would be a lot better as your two. Marvin Jones is a two that's 29 years old coming off of a serious knee injury, and he didn't get open before the knee injury. Right, right, right. Danny Amendola is 30, what, 33 years old, a slot receiver who gets hurt all the time. 
That's your receiving core. Tommy Lee Lewis is tiny. He, dude, he's 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 five six, one sixty five. Sure, sure. Sorry. I mean, I mean unstoppable. The, Tommy Lee has parts of his body that are bigger than Tommy Lee Lewis, and that's uh, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> do the bicep no, never mind never do the bicep to boat horn measurement and see who wins um let's <laughs> oh, oh my so so i mean i'm, I'm glad they signed Tommy lewis but at the same time he, this guy's uh, on a good offense he's your number five receiver and primarily as your return guy and i think that his bigger impact is going to be on special teams for mm-hmm. detroit mm-hmm. so so you, you're dealing with two and two-thirds of a wide receiving core you don't have any tight ends to make up for it, so you can't really go 12 personnel all the time. You're probably more apt to go in, in 11 personnel. Well, you don't have three wide receivers who can play, so you, you've got to upgrade the wide receiving core. There, there, there's no excuse not to. This is probably, foreshadowing here, Marvin Jones' last year in Detroit. Yeah. There are some people who think that he's not even going to be there this year. I don't share that opinion, but I could be wrong. If you don't have at least two NFL caliber receivers at the end of this season. And right now they might not. That is a horrible spot to put yourself in because you don't want to take a wide receiver high in the draft. You certainly don't want to take one high in this draft. Um, There's not a wide receiver that's in my personal top 20 this year. Uh, My number one wide receiver is Debo Samuel, uh, who's most people's number three or number four. And I've got, I would love him in the second round, but uh, that, that seems unrealistic too. So I, the, I, I really am down on the, the uh, honestly, the entire Lions' offensive skill positions. I am so much more worried about wide receiver, tight end, running back, and backup quarterback than I am right guard. It drives me freaking crazy that people are obsessed over right guard. Yeah. You know what? They signed Odeyabushi. They signed. You know, they brought back Wiggins. They brought back Andrew Dunall. There is a talk, and and Patricia said it today in 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 uh, Arizona at the owners' meetings that, that Tyrell Crosby is going to get an audition. They will find a functional, spackle-worthy right guard out of that foursome somehow. I have no doubt about that. I watched Ode Abouche kick ass in a playoff game once upon a time for the Houston Texans. It's not it, it's few and far between, but his good days are pretty good. That is the last spot on the offense that needs addressing is the offensive line. Let I me, will fight with anybody who says differently. Let me give a little context with that, too, and, and see if you agree. With any of those four guys you mentioned filling in, we're, we've still got a better offensive line than Minnesota. Agree? Oh, absolutely. And Minnesota's the buck-ass favorite to win the division this year with a worse offensive line. You're right. That isn't the place we need to go, is it? We'll be, we should be fine with the guys we got and be able to – and <laughs> comparing Stafford to Kirk Cousins, and I know you're president of the Kirk Cousins fan club. And, and I do. Sure he's a, I love he's me some nice Kirk guy. Cousins. But um, <laughs> let's face it, our, our offensive uh, situation there is certainly should be better from the line back than what they've got in Minnesota. I'm not talking about wide receivers. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but we should be able to deal with that. So um, you're right. I, I fully agree with you about the need on offensive line. We, we'll fill the gap. We'll take care of it. It's the, the reality of a salary cap league. No offensive line is perfect. No defense is perfect. No offense is perfect. You, you have to make trade-offs. That's that's the idea of the salary cap. So that's just the world we live in there. And, and I think you're right. Wide receiver is a huge, huge gap. I feel really, really strong on defense. I feel like the team has um, filled in well. People say, all I'll do is throw at the cornerback two all day. 
eh, I don't think you will. You put some safety help there. You get at least some decent coverage. You you can't do that. You can't just run one play all day and be successful. I think the Lions' defense is set up to be pretty damn good this year and and help us team along. But if you can't score points, you're you're right. you're you're in a tough tough way. All right. So so the the offense is designed around Matthew Stafford being great. Um, which is a, a point of debate, obviously. So you want you want Stafford to be at his best. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me give you one more. That's bullshit. Right? <laughs> that one's for you, buddy, because that's one of your faves. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I picture him as a hairy-backed guy in a Speedo. Yeah, but yeah that's exactly, me. exactly. That's what I look like when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the, in the full Borat. <laughs> Oh man, the mankini! Oh, I once threatened to get one of those. My wife would have shot me. Oh, you know what? Next time we get in a fight, I'm going to pull that one out. There you go, and put it on. Okay, so uh... yeah. <laughs> so so okay. So the theory is that you want Matthew Matthew Stafford is the straw that stirs the drink. Well, right now his drink is not a very tasty drink. You need to get some accoutrement in there. Okay, so I'm, I'm right now if. For all of you watching at home on closed circuit TV, I am drinking a smoothie from uh, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe because Smoothie King is regrettably not in the state of Michigan yet. Mm. So I am drinking an orange ginger glow. It's got carrots in it. Now, if you put carrots in a freaking blender and serve it to me, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it at you. Yeah. And but if you add some orange juice with it and there's, there's some fresh ginger in here, there's a little bit of I don't know what the hell that is, but it looks, it, it looks and it blends well and and. <laughs> You, you need those extra ingredients, and right now the Lions' offense does not have anything in the smoothie that you want to drink. It's a shit smoothie. Oh. You don't want to eat that. You don't want to drink that. You don't want to put that through a straw. You you want you want good things. And right now, Kenny Galladay and Carryon Johnson are, are essentially the extent of the good things on the offense. Right. If 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 this offense is going to succeed, Matthew Stafford. When was he at his best? When he had Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Calvin Johnson, Eric Ebron. Theo Riddick out of the backfield. Amir Abdullah could catch a little bit. Multiple weapons on every play, so the defense couldn't key on one particular thing, and Stafford was great at being that that distributor, um, finding the proper matchup and, and exploiting it. I know there's a lot of people that think that I'm talking out my answer. That happened. You go watch those games again, 2015, 2016, 2017 even. Um, that when he had multiple weapons on every play, the Cooter offense even worked. That's how good Matthew Stafford was. <laughs> he can't do that anymore. Not even in a different offense. The, the weapons are not there. I, I, I can't stress this enough. If you take the running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers of all 32 teams, the Lions group is in the bottom three, and they could be the worst. That oh. has to change if oh, you're going to yeah. get success with Matthew Stafford. And, you know, the one thing, though, I, I do, and, and maybe I'm higher than most people, but I think this, and, and Case turned me onto it and made me dig deeper. I really kind of like this this Jesse James pickup. I don't think he's a superstar at any one thing, but he's very, very Swiss Army knife, which in its own way makes you a better player. And in in this offense, there's no Antonio Brown or anybody else to, you know, uh, Juju, Schuster, Smith, whatever. There's no, there's, yeah. there's nothing to hide behind or to put you second, third, fourth down. This is his chance to shine at that tight end position. And, and we're going to see everything he has. I feel like in just what we've seen of him, he may actually perform above where people's heads were at when we picked him up. 
He could be, and, and I think the fact that he, he really upped his uh, yards per catch last year and yards per target shows that he can do more. Um, but he's also moving up the, the food chain in the receiving court. He was their number four, number five option. Sure. Right now he's number two or three. Yep. That's that's asking a lot for a guy that, you know, his most famous moment in the NFL is fumbling away a potential touchdown pass and put his team in a playoff victory. So, All right. So, so <sighs> with with that and, and those the, the desperate needs that we have, as you've kind of put it out there, right, um, we don't need another Kenny Galladay because he's a number two. I guess two Kenny Galladays would be interesting because we'd have two it would be okay. one Bs, yeah. right? It'd be, it'd be better than right. where we're at. What are we looking at? Um, is there anything in free agency that's going to help us, or is it straight to the draft for uh, for the, the our needs? Uh, I th- there are some people. Dontrell Inman is still out there. He's interesting, um, but there's not a lot of of wide receivers that are going to you know really make a giant impact. Um, if you, if you're looking for a guy who's who's going to be on the team for more than a year or two and still a part of it when you know the next coaching staff or Matthew Stafford's gone or whatever, however far you want to go out. That guy's in the draft this year. Now, this is not a top-heavy wide receiver class. It's a middle-heavy class that suits the Lions well because that's, you know, second, third, fourth round. That That's the time to get guys like Debo Samuel. Um, I, Hakeem Butler is interesting to me, the, the big dude from Iowa State. But uh, I, th- I have a feeling he's probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at guys like Andy Isabella from UMass, uh, Penny Hart from Georgia State is is fascinating to me. Uh, the dude out of Texas Tech, I don't think he's getting enough love. There's some options there, um, but and, and it's sort of like what Galladay was. You know, his first year, he needed to have somebody above him on the depth chart to you know sort of keep him right and, and to teach him the ropes. And I think Marvin Jones does a fantastic job at that. And that and that alone is worth keeping Marvin around for. But they don't. They need that guy to be on here because Brandon Powell ain't it. They, you know, the, some of the other guys, um, Dantez Ford. No, no. I mean, it, 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 give him a try. Let him try. Andy Jones. He can come back and try again. But don't don't count on that. You need you need weapons. Um, the weaponry. Don't take a knife to a gunfight. You lose. Here's. I don't completely agree uh, in terms of the strength of our wide receiving core. In terms of where we are. Um, but that is largely predicated on on the fact that I think uh, we didn't see Marvin Jones at his best this last year, and I think we did the year before. And if we get Marvin Jones at his best again, then we have two low low first tier, you know, guys. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying either of those guys is like you know a superstar necessarily, but they could easily both go over a thousand yards. Um, and, and to me, yeah, that's fine. Like that. you, we've got two outside receivers who are just fine in their own right. And that, that is, like I said, assuming that Marvin Jones is able to come back from injury and, and go back to where he was two years ago, which I, I don't necessarily think you can assume either, but just that the, the potential for that is there. Um, I do like the Inman idea because I think if you, if you get in there with him as well, he makes a solid number three. And you have a you know a solid number four in the slot now uh, with Amendola, and that is not a to me that's not a terrible wide receiving core. That's that's not an elite wide receiving core, but you're not totally lacking. That doesn't mean I don't think you shouldn't grab a guy with very high potential. I do, but anyway, let me let me ask. I think I think you have a really really good point, Case, and I think there's something else here. 
that as Lions fans we're not used to, we're actually probably going to set up the pass with the run. Which yeah, is that's absolutely true. Opposite which is not yes. of what we've done for over a decade, right? We're we're so and, and maybe that's I mean, again, it's just it's it's I'm just kind of being flummoxed by this whole idea. We've we spent all this time setting the run up with a pass. It's it's going to be different this year. Well, well I think nice. if, you, if you look back at at Bevel's time in Seattle, they did the same thing, and they made. Uh, okay, so Doug Baldwin now, you might be able to call Doug Baldwin like a legit mid-tier, you know, number one wide receiver now, but that wasn't always true. And the things that they were able to do in the past game with Doug Baldwin as their number one, uh, despite, you know, not really that great a group. Um, now, there were guys who could do specific things. And I think that's that's the interesting thing with Bevel. And that that that's where, you know, we just have to kind of see how it plays out because Bevel was able to get, you know, uh, certain guys to do certain things really well, and that worked for him. And if he can do that with the guys that we have and the guys who have, you know, specific skill sets and aren't necessarily, you know, elite elite wide receivers, but if he can get the most out of things that they can do well, then you're looking at an offense that might actually work, you know, on, on more than one level. Uh, again, I, you know, you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not here to try to say that's what's going to happen because I need to right. see it first. But I, I certainly wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that, that he works out how to make this group that I think is not terrible, not elite into uh, into a thing that works when it needs to work. Yeah, I can buy that. Your, your point with, with Baldwin, and I'll bring up Tyler Lockett in there too. Yeah. That's yeah, a guy exactly. who's a, he's a niche player, but they found exactly where to use him in that niche, and he's really right, good at that's it. that's exactly what I'm talking about. we got to find that guy because we don't have that guy right now. <laughs> I won't argue with that. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, I, and, and it may be a little bit different, right, in that – Again, I think Jesse James is going to have one of his best years because I, I completely he, agree with that. I think this is a, he's solidly set up for a breakout year. Straight necessity, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where it is. And even Danny, Danny Amendola gives us a, a, a he's not Golden Tate, but he gives us an outlet that we didn't have before. And it's an interesting kind of shift because we used to try to throw it to, to wide receivers and have no no outlet on the short game. We've kind of got two now in between Jesse James and Danny Amendola, which may do well for a wide receivers. We'll see how that goes. Okay, so- I doubt we'll see quite as many wide receiver screens as we did, you know, when Golden Tate was our dude. Thank, but- <laughs> thank, thank, <laughs> thank Beezus. Not that I didn't love that. I loved that about Golden Tate. But- yeah, 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 yeah. All right. He was really good at it. Yes, he was. <laughs> Riz, we, we, we've teased, we've teased, we've teased. We've gone through free agency. Tell us the top three picks for the Lions. We've we actually, not, more than teased, we've, we've run the team down a bit here on, on, their, on their glaring holes and every team has holes so 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 you kool-aid drinkers you can still keep half a pitcher where are we going in the draft what do you see for us in round one bud i think the first round will go on the pass rush i i I think trey flowers is a fantastic addition and the more that i have talked to people from new england the more i really really like it they're like this guy gets it you know he can play middle linebacker for you if you ask him to He, he has that kind of mental processing and range uh, despite being the size of dare I say? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm happy with that, but that you need you need the stand up, you know, edge rusher who can 
back in, in in the old days, it was called the flamethrower. Remember that in Terrell right. Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Flamethrower. They, they, got, they got Kyle Van Noy, yep. and he became the flamethrower in New England. There was those red um, eyes. I got the contacts, guys. We're going to win now. <laughs> I love the I idea. I wouldn't say the that to a space. The execution on it was horrible. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I missed on that one. I feel bad about that too. Flame I really like. I like the, the concept of Van Noy, and it just didn't freaking work. So I think if Josh Allen is there, he's the guy. I think they're going to look at Montez Sweat. I think they're going to look at Brian Burns out of Florida State. I I think they will probably look at a couple of people that I'm not all that interested in. Uh, but but if Ed Oliver is there, you better believe he's under consideration. I I won't mm. be one of those people that guarantees that they'll take him because that's. That's speculative BS, but I did um, see a mock today that had Williams falling to us at eight. Oh my God. That is a, that that's more than a pants off situation. That's like, I need a, I need yeah, some, yeah. A I'm trying to remember who it was. It was NFL.com. Wow. Oh, was it Peter yeah, Schrager? Yeah, that's the one guys. I mean, uh, I, mean yeah. I gotta, I gotta own up to another mistake. I open, I opened the show with one. I, I, I messed up Van and Bosch with Van Noy for some reason. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> that's where the red eyes thing. And and I should know it's either it's either red eyes or absolutely gorgeous ass wife. And, and and they're two completely different things. And I should be able to differentiate. I apologize, gentlemen. I I, I shall do my penance later. You know, Van and Bosch was a good signing back in the day. Yeah, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, back in he the was. day. Wide nine, baby. That's <laughs> <laughs> all he could all right, do, but he was good at it. Move on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Good times. Okay, good times. so so number so I, so one, I, th- I think it, I think it's going to be on the defensive line. Um, out of Josh Allen, Montez Sweat, Ed Oliver, I'll throw in there. Um, Burns. Brian Burns is is potential. I think I think you're looking at one of those four guys. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that the Devin Bush as an off ball linebacker who can blitz like a madman would be in it, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he'll be there. Interesting. I, I was I was down on Bush early. Because yeah, he's a Michigan I'm guy. Down on Bush. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. You guys. I didn't even mean that. I, I, I mean it a lot. I mean most of the time I do, but that time I didn't. I, I what? But now I'm gonna. I was down on Bush early, <laughs> but just because a Michigan Michigan guy, and we so often just throw our heads behind the the locals, the Michigan and Michigan State guys, and we we overhype them. But the more I looked and the more I did research, I was like, this guy really might be something special. Now, now he's going to be out of our league. Is that what you're telling me? I can't go down on Bush anymore? Um, uh, no, I, I think he'll be there, but I, I don't think that he's, I don't think he's going to be, an, I don't think they want what he offers mm. where he offers it, um, if that makes sense. This is not a slight on Devin Bush. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, he, he is my number six overall player in this draft. So I, I love the guy. I think he's. Yeah. As as my friend Dan Shanka from Arleds, he compares him to Ray Lewis um, in a smaller package, and I I kind of see that honestly. Um, he is an impact inside linebacker. Uh, for for those of you in free agency who really like the idea of C.J. Mosley, Devin Bush is a lot faster than C.J. Mosley and does the same things. So that yeah, that's great. But I don't I don't think I don't think the Lions are going to look there. I could be wrong, but I don't I just don't see that happening there. Quick question. Um, the guy that it seemed to me was the safe pick now seems to be falling a fair amount. And that was Farrell. Uh, do you is he is does it do you think that where he's been falling now into the like maybe into the 20s, even in some of the mocks I've seen? Uh, do you think that's like an accurate idea of, of where he'll end up going? I do because I think his his athletic upside isn't what 
gets people drafted that high. Um, yeah. If teams are going to miss, they're going to miss on a guy who's freaky athlete. They're not going to miss on right. a guy who's who's you know limited. So well, I should say that in most cases, that's not the, the Bengals have proven that wrong time and again. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably where they will. I, I, I see him. I still think he's a very good football player, and I think he would help. But I also think he's the spot that Trey Flowers is playing. I think the Lions are looking for somebody who's more of an outside linebacker type of edge, and that is certainly argue. not Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. I won't argue with that and, at all. And we've got a team. This is something I've thought about a little bit, and I was talking about with a guy from the Lions called me. We're doing some auction stuff. Um, the thing about our, our, our defensive line as it stands right now is we have a whole lot of guys that set up other people to make plays, right? You talk about Trey Flowers as a great example. All kinds of pressures, not a whole lot of sacks, right? And that's a guy that sets up somebody else. But you have a whole team or a whole line of guys that's really setting somebody else. One of them has to break through, or is it that they're all setting each other up and now you don't know who you're going to double cover, you don't know what you're going to do? Is Which kind of side of the spectrum are we on, Riz, with that? See, I, I think Devon Kennard is a good finisher, and I, I think um, uh, Okwara can finish as well. So I'm, I'm not all that worried about that because they, they got seven sacks last year essentially with no help at all. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. good with, with that. So I'm not I, – I, I think they would like to have another guy who can really impact, though, um, from a stand-up position, and, but also a guy – who can chuck a tight end on his way out, who can get out and make a tackle on a wide receiver screen when they're run at us instead of by us. I, I think that guy is not on this roster yet, and that, that is a very this is a great year to need one of those guys because there's a lot of them at this draft. A guy who could maybe cover a guy for like a second and a half yeah. if necessary. Like Ziggy Ansa used to do. <laughs> oh, was Sorry, I had to be quiet hey, about There was a wide receiver at the 40-yard line for a second. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Round two, Riz. What are you thinking? We got we we got our edge guy. We got in my heart of hearts and dream of dreams, we got Josh Allen in the first round. Case and oh, I had like, nice. you could tell me about Smith again on the draft party. You couldn't see us through the the webcams anymore because they were just it was just a blur. What what are we doing now in round two? What's the thing that's going to make my pants fly off where, to where I can't find right. him for a week? All right. So I'm leaning towards Debo Samuel there, the wide receiver Ooh. from South Carolina. I like his game a lot. He has some golden tape to him, but he's also bigger than that. And I, you know, golden tape was a second round pick once upon a time. And I think this is, he can be that same type of impact player. He's not, he's you. not. He's not the he's not the sashaying you know swashbuckling you know <laughs> ball in hand Tate that we know and love. But swashbuckling he's, uh, is the perfect day. Sorry, that is the, that is the absolute perfect uh, adjective for for Tate. He was because he had the sword thing right with the ball. He was doing yes, that. exactly. It was absolutely yes. swash. Oh God, I wish you'd have used that earlier. How, how tall uh, is Samuel? He is five eleven and a quarter. Okay, anyways, two ten to two twelve, I believe. And we saw him at the Senior Bowl, and I mean, everybody there, every receiver there was hampered by ass uh, quarterback play, right? Yes. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, yes. I, maybe the pause was awkward, but it was ass quarterback play. <laughs> what were you doing, Chris? <laughs> they were terrible, but Debo was the go-to guy, and he he always looked open. He always seemed to be the right guy for whatever play they were running. 
Right. And the thing with him is he's played in the slot. He's played outside. He can get open short. He can play against he's comf- He's worked with a mobile quarterback before. Um, he wasn't very good, but he, he worked with him anyways. <laughs> you know, a, a guy, he, 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 he's used to catching balls from a guy who is remember when Drew Stanton came out, the book on him from Michigan state, he was a 50, what, 54% completion guy threw the ball pretty well, but some like, 10, 10 out of every 25 throws was like, what the hell? That That's Jake Bentley at South Carolina, and that's the guy that, that Debo has worked with and thrived right. with. Imagine what he's going to do with an accurate quarterback who can who can thread a needle like Stafford. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the guy. I, I think I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, he, he does have a little bit of an injury flag. Um, it's not a red one. It's sort of between yellow and orange, and that concerns me a little bit. And you guys know that I'm, I tend to be more conservative on that than, than just about anybody. And I, I'm, I'm willing to take him there. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. I look at it. At the notes I got from the Senior Bowl here, and you saw me scribbling away during the elephant walk, right? Right, Riz. This was this was a big spot. And I loved it. <laughs> Five eleven and a half, two hundred sixteen pounds. Um, very well defined, which puts him in the top forty percent, thirty five percent of the guys that were on based on body type. There is one negative that I saw, and but this may be a Quinn indicator here. Just so you know, he looked thirty in his picture. So it if you think, look old, didn't yeah, it? if you think back to like, Ashawn, like yeah, yeah, exactly, and and the well, Ziggy was before that, but he's he, well, well, we won't talk about his age anymore. But just just so you know, Debo, <laughs> he's De- not I a like problem Debo. anymore. No, thankfully, no, I really like this pick, Riz. If if this comes true, I will come down there to Holland and uh, and hold you, hold hold you close. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. that'd be nice. Yeah, that, that'll be day two, so I will be actually in Holland that day. So that's that's good. I'll be at Big E's in Holland, by the way. If you if you want to watch the draft Friday night and Saturday, I'll be at Big E's in Holland. Come on out, Big E's in Holland. If you're going to go somewhere for it, if you're home, you're at work, you're stuck there. Don't forget about our draft party. We're we're not competing. We're just there to give you the best possible right. experience that you want. Right? And I might be, be streaming along from the bar. Really? I thought you'd be with Big Drew and Jim. I'm doing them. This has been this is the best reset in a while. I have so what am many. I doing? I don't know where my head is at. <laughs> I have so we many are, clips we, coming out of this. <laughs> we are having a draft party on Thursday night with Big Drew and Jim and ESPN 96.1 in Grand Rapids. The date or uh, I know where it is. I can't divulge that information yet, but it'll sure, be sure. cool. Uh, and this year, I will not get into a car accident on the way there, so I will actually be able to enjoy myself. Better on the way there than home, but yes, yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you and, and I hate to do this while we're going, but let's if you want to stream on Friday or Saturday, let me know. I'd, I'd love to, to to do something with you if you have the the availability. So. Oh, absolutely. I, I I have already cleared out my my family is going away for the weekend just so they won't annoy me and I won't annoy them. I was so going to say, be, wait I'll, a minute, it's I'll the other. <laughs> All right, awesome. All right, let's let's roll on. I, I love Debo Samuel. I love that pick, Riz, and, and you've got me really excited because he really does change things up for us at wide receiver. He does, and and he, he, if you're looking for a guy who can take an occasional jet sweep, he can do that too. There's, there's a lot to like about him, so I'm I'm, I'm – I haven't planted my flag there yet, but if if they go defense in the first round, yes, I absolutely want him there. At, at because it, if they don't, I'll consider guys like Amani Aruarie or uh, Justin Lee yeah. out of Michigan State if he's there at cornerback. Because I yeah. do think those guys are worthy, even though cornerback probably isn't as big of a need yeah. uh, because those guys are good. Yep. All right, we're going to roll a little deeper now. Round three. It's uh, it's getting to where we've got. We've still got some needs. We got some things covered up. What are we looking at here? 
Uh, if you get this page wrong, they don't take who you suspect. I'm going to absolutely rail you on it for for a long time to come. So, uh oh, no, no pressure. Perfect prognostication <laughs> is what we're asking for. Wow. So I'm thinking tight end. I'm thinking this is not a bad spot for an off the ball linebacker. Uh, this is not a bad spot for a cornerback. Uh, this is not a bad spot for another wide receiver, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, I am looking at Jay Sternberger, the tight end out of Texas A&M who had his pro day today. Lions were there. Uh, and he, by all accounts did very well with it. So I, I he's a receiving tight end. There's a couple things that scare me about him. He doesn't block. He is, he is your supersized wide receiver as tight end. But he also was great at getting down the field. He was the he was the focal point of the Texas A and M off passing offense, and he led them in receptions. He led them in yards per reception. He led them in touchdowns. Granted, the the the, the defense in the SEC wasn't up to its normal standards, but it was still pretty darn good. This guy gets open down the seam. If you have that, and you pair it with Debo Samuel, and you've got Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. You can get rid of Marvin Jones now. Then, for all I care, uh, I'm I'd, I'd be and Jesse James because I'll, I'll, I'll throw you guys the bone there. And he's, well, somebody has to block. Now, yes, somebody does have to block. Now you have a viable where you can go eleven personnel. You can go twelve personnel. You can go twenty-two personnel if you want to, and bring Nick Bauden back if he's ever healthy enough to play. There's, that right. gives you a whole lot of options for your offense and what you can do. If you want to be multiple on offense. You better get your tight end and wide receiver in, in day two, and that's 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 what I'm going to go with. Yeah, and if we were to go uh, tight end in one of the first two rounds uh, with you know Hawkinson or or um, Irv Smith, and the reason I don't Ooh, like I Fon do like Irv. Yeah, at that that's what I'm going at point, I like um, that would scare me because neither of those guys has the. Um, full, you know, is well-rounded as a tight end in terms of they can do everything as a tight end. But if we're looking at it later on, then it becomes more of a role player situation. So if we're looking at it in the third round and we pick somebody who's primarily receiving tight end, then I'm not, I'm, I'm no longer going to be, you know, uh, uh, dragging my heels about whether or not a guy it can block or not, because he's probably not going to be asked to do that. Um, so it, it, it's exactly like it, if we took font, fant, font, font, fant, 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 if we took him in, in the first two rounds at any point, I would be a little disappointed just because I, I want, if I, if we were taking a tight end that high, I want somebody who can do everything. But if we're looking later on at a, at a, at a role player, then yeah, that that's totally fine. Give me the receiver who can get up the seam and, and provide the mismatch. It's, it's like a, it's like taking a Ebron light, but instead of the first round in the third round, and that's no longer is that an issue that gives me pause. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And there, there's other tight end options that are there too. But again, you're, you're, you're choosing, do you want a guy who's a good blocker? Um, Kahale Waring is getting a lot of love. Um, I would caution you that if you did not like Eric Ebron's hands, you will really not like Kahale Waring's hands, but he's a great blocker. Uh, and he's a fantastic water polo player. If you think that water polo translates well to the NFL, then, then he's probably your guy. But I, I want a guy who's – he caught 51 passes in college and he dropped nine of them. I'm, I'm not cool with that. He'll be big for the Rams and their Thousand Oaks connection because that's where the USA water polo team is. You know, it's interesting if I think about it, um, we, we got three rounds of tight end possibilities because you talk about Hawk, 
in the first round. You talk about Irv Smith a little bit in the second round, although with Gronk and his his thing, maybe he goes earlier. Maybe he's the Gronk replacement in New England, but eh, wherever and then and then where we are now. So it's there, there's an opportunity there, and and mm-hmm. maybe you know I try not to be superstitious, Riz. I try to be a, a super super data guy, but I'm 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 liking the third round for a tight end for us. I like the way you've played this out because really in, in in number two, the most exciting guy to me. Unless it's Josh Allen. I guess it's totally a pants-off move for Debo. If we got Josh Allen and Debo, I, I, I might be – I just might be pantsless for a year. There's a good chance that, that my reaction to that will not be family-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so don't tune in on day two, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about this earlier. Riz – as always, dude, your analysis is is top shelf, man. Thanks for 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 doing that for us and spending it with us. And and we do this segment, and we wanted to do it with the three of us this time because we got we got a lot of things to talk about. But there's also the the, the new album from My Prevail coming out on the 29th, and we got early access to it. And they were they were so kind. Brian was so light, so nice to let us create something that we can use to take you. to rise above it baby this this is my favorite of the new album guys I'm going to tell you rise above it <laughs> gasoline is one that will burn your face off for sure uh, bow down is awesome paranoid was awesome rise above it I don't know why it's got it's it's a song that's coming out I prevail coming out it is freaking killer Riz you're going to love this album you're going to love it I am so looking forward to it. I've heard Bow Down and I've heard uh, Paranoid, and their Bow Down is is right up my alley. Let me tell you that. that, that <laughs> I cannot wait. They're coming to Grand Rapids in August. I will be there. Twenty Monroe Live. Come join me. I may be with you at the Grand Rapids show, Riz. Because here's the thing that's really. I mean, because we were talking about having them show up to the the draft part or the training camp party. They're going to be in Tampa or Orlando, actually. During the training camp party, they're going to be here, and I'm going to be there. <laughs> it's like, come on, Brian, what are you doing? Can you reschedule or something, Jim? Yeah, you know what? That'll be that following week. I think it's August eighth. I want to yeah. say is when they're here. So that's yeah. probably during the week after we do the party. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's it's actually the weekend. I've been watching. I've been looking this down. So anyway, this uh, this is going to be their best album. I'm telling you, this is the most accessible album. And 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 I'll, I know we're doing it around the division, and I'm sorry, but the thing I love about what we have here is it's super, super accessible for people who maybe didn't know it or don't know the genre as well. But the evolution that they've taken, and, and the, the thing that scares me the most is about when bands talk about evolving and, and changing their sound and updating whatever, they, they nailed it. They nailed it. I think they've got something for, for fans from who've been fans for a long time, and, and, and things like Bow Down, Gasoline, those things are right there with it. But they've got some really, really accessible stuff. This is... I would say this is like their version. If I were to compare it to a band, Metallica's "Injustice for All," that it's it's, it's that wow. kind of an album that that just is their breakout. Super, it changes the genre, right? This is really really good stuff, just straight up. So, I will stop on there. Let's talk. Let's talk about around the division. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't give a crap what order they're in. Let's start at the bottom with Green Bay because I hate them. Well, I actually, have, I, I want I want to get uh, Riz's perspective on. 
this whole thing, this whole thing that went down with the uh, Green Bay cap situation, um, where so, where we thought they had a certain amount of money, then we thought they had a different amount of money, and then we didn't know, and it still seems somewhat up in the air. Do you have any perspective on that? It's it's weird to me that an NFL team was able to use fuzzy math like that, but it sounds like they were either miscalculating or ignoring bonus clauses that were in Aaron Rodgers' contract and a couple of other contracts. Uh, they forgot to include dead money from a couple things. It, it's it's very contrived. It's weird that it happens because, especially with the Packers fan base, because those guys say what you will about Packers fans. They know like the, the minutia of their team. Like they already know what comp picks are going to get in 2022. They're, they're, right. they're that sharp on that shit. And they, they were really thrown for a loop on it. So it's very strange what's happening. It, they are a much different organization now than they were under Ted Thompson. Um, and, and when he had all the guys that are now in Cleveland with them, they are a much different, more aggressive outward organization. I don't know if that's going to be good or bad for them and for the Lions, but I'll tell you, the way that we have thought of the Packers in the past needs to change because that team is not the same anymore. Let me just go fuzzy math or fake news. We're not sure with these guys. Well, Something, my, Something's going on in Green Bay. I, I guess my, my question on it was whether or not it was actually the Packers organization that fucked up or if it was just people trying to report on it that got a little mixed up. And, and I, I'm not sure that they know the answer to that question yet either, to be honest with you. Okay. Case. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was Illuminati. I'm telling you straight up. It could be. <laughs> either that or Matthew got over so there. That's all good. All right. So <laughs> where do they stand? How are they doing for agency? Um, are, are, are they hurting? Are they... I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm, I'm going to talk about draft a little bit. I'm worried that if we don't take Hawk in the first round, they're going to get Hawk and he's going to be a superstar and make us miserable for our lifetimes. That would not surprise me at all if he is the number 12 pick in the draft. I think that might actually be his floor. So that's that's a little concerning. Um, but then again, if you're one of those people that doesn't like him, then you'd probably be happy with that. They are. They have gotten a lot better, and I th- I don't think Lions fans appreciate how good Preston Smith is, how good Zadarius Smith is. They have got. They have improved their roster quite a bit. They Clay Matthews isn't there anymore, so he's not going to break his thumb or tear some other body part twice a year. You know, they they got more stable. They might not have as much sizzle, but they got a hell of a lot better steak. That's, that's what, that that's concerning. That's what Brandsetter said, and and it was it was at the uh, the training camp party last year where it really really hit home because it was the second year in a row he said it. He's like, yeah, the lines got better, and I'm and I'm like, look, we got this, we got this, we got this draft pick. We're doing free agency here. We're looking really good. We got better, and he's like, yeah, but everyone else got better too. That's ah. <laughs> it's the worst. But this is the exact point you're making: is is Green Bay did some things to get better. Are they still bottom basement Green Bay boys, or do you think they're going to climb their way out? They are. Uh, a lot of it depends on if Brian Bulaga is back to his old self. Then their offensive line is pretty good. If not, they have a massive problem with their offensive line. Um, it's weird to say it about a right tackle, but uh, I mean that's he's going to be the guy that's blocking Trey Flowers. If he's there, I feel a lot better for Green Bay's fate than I would if you know it's Jason Spriggs or whatever the hell they draft in the fifth round to try to plug in there. So they, I mean they're they're yeah they're better. Um, 
I, I, they, they have some holes. I'm, I'm not crazy about their wide receiving core beyond that's Devontae Adams yet. That's, about what, that's what I was about to ask. How do you feel you about know, the receiving core um, I actually like uh, Valdez Scaling. I think he's pretty good. I, I liked him last year. I think Geronimo Allison, if he came more than once. <laughs> if if Geronimo Allison comes back, he's going to help them a lot because he was doing really well as their vertical threat, and it, it made their underneath guys better. Uh, and so I, they uh, they have potential to be pretty good there. They still need help, but they are uh, they are not the same team that we saw get their ass wiped in Week 17. Now here's a thought. Here's a thought. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made a name of making wide receivers better than maybe they were. Is that still something that he's bringing to this team? Uh, I think you know, so, we've, yeah. We've seen all the drama. Or, well, well, I, I, I agree with you, so I'm mostly just playing devil's advocate here. But like yeah. we've seen all the drama. We've seen, does he still have the personal relationship abilities with these individuals to have the chemistry with him that with them that he had with the guys when he was younger and still, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit less ego, maybe a little more coachable. Is he still able to bring that out of these guys? Uh, I think they hope so. Um, they, again, they, they have a new coach too. And have the dynamic of how Aaron Rodgers, who pretty much it comes out now that he just really didn't like Mike McCarthy and probably had good reason not to, um, how they, how he blends with the new guy and how they work in offense together with, with a lot of moving pieces and parts. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of variables there, but you're not going to hear me say anything bad about Aaron Rodgers. That guy's amazing. I'll, I'll say bad plenty bad about him. <laughs> I mean, in case both. <laughs> He's still a hall of famer. At least uh, I gotta do. A, I gotta. I gotta go on a guest spot on a Bears podcast later tonight, and I have a feeling that topic will come up. So, mm, okay. Well, <laughs> while Case is dragging his balls across the Bears, let's move on and talk about them. What do we got going on in Bears land? You know, it's just been pretty quiet. They 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 went after a couple of guys and they didn't get them. So the big news now is that they that Adrian Amos is in Green Bay. And HaHa Clinton Dix is now in Chicago, right. mm. and Bears fans are like, "Amos sucked. We didn't need him." God, they're the worst about that. They really are. They're terrible really about that. Really talented player, right? And and I was so I was on a Bears podcast. Um, it was it was it was it was during the playoffs actually, um, and they were talking up Adrian Amos. We're like, oh my God, he's he's the most unsung player in the NFL. You know, he probably deserves. He's a Pro Bowl snub, and now they're like, oh, he's shit. Uh, I, I don't get that. Chicago's like that. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but so, th- but they're they're weirdly bullish on Ha Clinton Dix, a guy that they completely right. and, and rightfully <laughs> trashed because he I didn't understand like how to concept. <laughs> The, the problem with Ha 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 was one of those guys. He was great when he had one thing to do on a play. If you gave him more than one thing to do, he didn't do anything. And that's what Washington found out. That's why he wasn't back there because they were like, oh my God, this guy, he's just not a very smart football player. That, that apparently doesn't bother the Bears all that much. So. Here's, here's a question no, for you um, How impactful is the signing of uh, Cordero to the Bears? He'll do well against us and probably not against anybody else. <laughs> oh, we lose every Riz, week. We lose every week. I, I have it the- sitting here waiting. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are anyway. going to beat the Bears at least once this year. And rumor, rumor, rumors are that we're going to play them on Thanksgiving. So we better redeem ourselves on, on that one after the loss last year. That's before yeah, we, it does sound like that's going to happen. Bears, before we move on from the Bears, uh, real quick, my big point, my huge point that I've pointed out, that I've gone to over and over and over again this offseason and will continue to do so is that the Bears were the healthiest team in the league last year. Do you think that's yep. something that they can possibly repeat this year? Uh, the the odds of say no. <laughs> so let's let's <laughs> hope that's true. I hate to wish you know ill upon them guys, but I mean they're so well, I don't, I don't dependent. Wish ill upon any individual. Right, they're so freakishly dependent on Charles Leno being at their left tackle. Um, right, he's he's probably the worst left tackle in the division, just and behind like, Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> It's the chin. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down, Chris. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, they, 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 uh, they, they I don't know, they're, they are the reigning division champs. Will I pick them to win it again? No, I won't. But I will respect the fact that they overachieved last year. So, let's talk about who we think it might be. Is it Minnesota? They're on, uh, on paper, they are the best team from 1 to 53. Um, I argue that. But I'm not crazy about a lot of the things that they have. Um, well, I don't know. Can we talk about their offensive line and, and how that you know? Obviously, Nick Easton left for the Saints, and how uh, who did they, what was the guard they signed? Uh, Klein, Josh Klein. Yes, Josh Klein, who's that, not that, all that is great. Is that like a major improvement over Remmers? I see that I, I didn't think Remmers was all that terrible, but Vikings fans told me otherwise. I, I don't know. Bro, Maybe I'm yeah, leaning back too much on his Carolina years. Carolina um, the, fact that Riley, the fact that Riley Reef is far and away their best offensive lineman and he would not start in Detroit, and he's not better than Rick Wagner or Taylor Decker, so don't give me that crap. Uh, he wouldn't play guard either. Um, that's, yeah, the, and Kirk Cousins is a guy that needs protection. He's not a guy who's going to create with his legs he's not a guy who extends the pocket very well he's gonna procreate like crazy he needs protection <laughs> right i mean that's that's straight up that, that's what we do in west michigan <laughs> it really fits it does i'm sorry well it, it absolutely does <laughs> yeah um yeah so i i they um they're i still like their weapons a lot uh, and I think that Dalvin Cook is probably, gonna, if he has a fully healthy year, I think he's he's poised to be really, really impactful for them. I still think their defense is strong. They've taken some hits. They're not as deep as they have been, but they're rolling out guys like um, my friend Luke Inman, uh, Luke Spinman on Twitter, uh, who, who's a Vikings guy, good guy, um, brought up, uh, we were talking about Ifiadi Odenigbo this today. That guy's a really good football player. That that's a guy who who's he, he's he's probably a little bit better than Romeo Okwara, and like nobody's heard of him, and and he's like their fourth defensive end. So they, they just roll these guys out. Yeah. So I, I I think they're going to be really good again. I'm, I'm I will pick I will probably pick the Vikings to win the division um, at this <sighs> early juncture. Anyways, okay. No, I, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you. Okay. Here here's my NFC North um, hot take. All right, here we go. We might be the most overrated division in the league repeatedly over the last decade. Do you by agree or disagree? Fans? By, by fans or media? Because by, I... by, by fan, well, <laughs> by, maybe my, my opinion is skewed by Reddit, but it seems like every single year 
I see threads about, you know, oh God, the NFC North is going to be an absolute bloodbath. And then I mean, know, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath, but I think, I think the champ, I, th- I think it's a one, one playoff division. I don't think the, the second place team is going to make the playoffs. Hey, it, it's one of those go. things where I think the, the balance is there, right? If you look at, at uh, um, the, 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 the Patriots division, you're just, you, you got Miami, you got Buffalo, right? You just, you just don't, you have a widespread inability between those teams. It seems like the, the, um, the skill gap is pretty flat in the NFC North. So it's always a bloodbath. It just doesn't mean necessarily that anyone's like a superstar out of that group of people, right? Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Honestly, I think any of the teams can win it, but I also could think any of the teams can come in last. And I think the range, I think your four teams are going to be six, seven, eight, nine, ten wins. I think they're all in that group of that cluster. I don't think there's a thirteen win. I don't think there's a thirteen three team. I don't think there's a four and twelve team. Nice. All right, Riz. We we kept you a long time on the phone of all things. You you are the man. Always we give you much love through through all the well, thank you very the much thank you very much and, and check out riz's uh youtube channel check him out lion's wire hey hey i'm modeling the shirt too and i'm still wearing it right now in fact and i'm about to go in and pick my daughter up from volleyball and i'll, I'll show it off to everybody oh no. well we're, we're waiting for that video on twitter right <laughs> riz thanks so much dude you are the very very best friend of the show always thanks so much man and uh be good and we'll talk to you again next week Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. That's what makes us number one. It's you. It's your show. Head over to the subreddit. Let us know what you think. Or head us out on you know, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, all those places. Give us those five-star reviews. Let people know how great you think we are. All right, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month gets you hooked up and all that great stuff. And remember, in March and April, which is after you know the first of the next month, so the first of April and the first of May, uh, all the money that we collect in Patreon is going to St. Jude. So if you want to join in for a short period and make a great donation spread out over two months, you can do that. And you'll still get access to the Slack chat. You'll still get access to all the great pre-show show. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month will get you all the fun. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. At DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see Case deleting his Tinder <laughs> and moving to Grinder. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929 33 Lions. It's 929 335 4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your box. Automagically, Tinder style. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down. And look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag. Start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Obviously, we just want to win. That's the most important thing. By by, well, <laughs> by maybe my my opinion is skewed by Reddit.